Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A note to listeners before we begin. Today's story deals with sexual abuse and violence against children. These scenes may be triggering and disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We are set to land in Orlando in the next uh, 30 minutes. Weather is looking fairly nice out there at a balmy 77 degrees. Much nicer than that snowy winter wonderland we came from, huh? (laughs) Anyway, our stewardesses will be coming through the aisle to pick up any trash you might have. And while they do that, make sure you pop those tray tables back up and seats are in an upright position. Gosh, Mom, we're almost there. I know, sweetheart. I can't wait. We'll be on the beach tanning before you... Ladies and gentlemen, please fasten your seatbelts. We will be landing a little quicker than we... Oh! God, oh shit! What the fuck? Just... Mom? Are we gonna die? No, Sam. Just put your seatbelt on and pray. Dear Heavenly Father... Come on, Sam! Mom, the engine's on fire! We are going to die! I should've stayed home with Chester! Chester Pogue woke up, drenched in sweat. His short brownish hair ruffled from a horrible night's sleep. He fumbled around for his glasses, found them on the nightstand, and then rushed downstairs. Good morning, Chester. You're up early. Is your sister alive? She'll be late for school if she... It was just a dream. Oh, thank God it was just a dumb dream. What was a dream? Goodness, honey, you're soaked to the bone. I know. Ma, you and Sam can't go to Florida next week. My dream... You both... The plane blew up and you both died and I can't... I can't lose you like I lost Dad. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Shh, shh, shh. There, there. It was just a silly dream. Sam and I will be fine. You'll see. Dottie Pogue didn't know it yet, but her son's dream very well could have been an ominous warning. 
Welcome to the original Dead Time Stories, a podcast where I, Skylar Fastenow-Jones, go beyond the crime to investigate human psychology and history, so maybe we don't make the same mistakes of our ancestors. If you're a fan of the show and you want to support us more, check out patreon.com slash ogdeadtime. Our story will begin after these messages. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now, on with the show. Let's uh, travel back in time to Tuesday, August 29th, 2006, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and the tiny prison cell of Elijah Page. The 25-year-old laid on the pathetic excuse for a bed, staring up at the depressing fluorescent light bulb above him. <laughs> Go, Elijah! Take off your underpants for Mommy's friend. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Elijah, caught up in this terrible daydream, grabbed the thin pillow and threw it over his glossy eyes. This shit's good. <laughs> I don't hand out nothing not good. Now give me your end of the deal. Uh-huh. Eli, uh, Mama's gonna grow in this room over here. Be a good boy and do what this man says, okay? He has a new fun game and taught it to me last night. Remember? <laughs> Mommy played it on the living room floor for you and your sister. <laughs> Long before he found himself in jail, young Elijah was in a different kind of prison. Childhood. Michelle was far from a perfect mother. Hell, she was far from a somewhat mediocre mother. Social service records show that poor Elijah was being abused by his mother from the time he was two years old. To appease her drug and alcohol addictions, she'd essentially pimp her son out to friends or dealers. And as if that wasn't enough trauma for one childhood, Eli and his sister Desiree didn't even have a house to live in, as their mom bounced around from one abandoned building to the next. 
Oh yeah, I said abandoned. As in, no running water, no electricity, no heat. You get the picture. At one point, Michelle disappeared for 18 months. And I'm not really sure who was looking after the kids at that point. Perhaps it was Wes Klein, the man Michelle married shortly after giving birth to Eli, but who was not his biological father. Well, if that was the case, things were about to get extremely awkward as Michelle returned home and announced, This is my new boyfriend, Jeff Watts, and these are my brats. Why are you pulling beer over them? Because the filthy, <laughs> dirty pieces of shit. And the bill makes them smell half human. And pa pack your shit up, piggies. We're moving to Arizona. Word on the street was, Michelle, Jeff, Desiree, and Eli all lived in a car in the Arizona desert, until eventually moving to Carthage, New York. If you're holding out hope that life became magical once they moved to New York, let me just go on ahead and dash that aside for you now. Mama, winter's coming and Desiree and me were wondering if you could buy us some sweaters from Kmart. Why the hell do you want sweaters? Well, we were out playing and we overheard this lady say, those poor deer shouldn't be out in nothing but shorts since it's so chilly. She offered to buy you any sweaters? Um, no, Mama. I, I don't think she's like those nice people in Missouri. <laughs> nice? Those people were Christians. It's their job to give us heaters and clothes and food. You next time you tell that bitch my own fucking business if she ain't gonna give you clothes. Now get me a beer and go to your room, pig. I got another guy coming over to fuck me tonight, and I don't want to hear you or your sis. Yes, Mama. Stop right there, young man. I, your handsome, perfect stepfather, have returned. What? Where's Clyde? Yes, indeed. I am here to take my children back to Missouri. Come, Elijah. I shall gather you and your sister into my muscular arms, and we shall live a happy life forever. So Wes did show up to bring his tots back to Missouri, but he is certainly no hero. Back in Wes's kitchen in Missouri. The Bible again, Dad? Shut up, boy, and listen. But Daddy, I need to do my homework. Ain't you listened to a word of this scripture? The Bible says the father is the man of the house. Well, I'm the father. You have to respect me. Am I clear? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good. <laughs> now let's continue with Revelations. <laughs> All right. What did we learn in tonight's reading? I don't know, Daddy. I think I'm... I'm, uh, I've been too nervous thinking about my test tomorrow. I see. <clears throat> Come here, Desiree. 
Elijah, go to your room. Yes, sir. Elijah winced with each sound of the belt hitting his sister, knowing full well that it could be him who got the brunt of his stepfather's abuse tomorrow night. Swear in the eyes and tell me you love me. <laughs> Time marched on in the Missouri neighborhood, and neighbors were now slowly catching on to what was really happening on their street. One evening in 1991, Pete and Suzanne Sandu's phone rang. Good evening, Sandu residence. Get over here real quick, Pete. Some guy's pounding on my door hollering about drug money. Uh, Who was that, huh? Wes Klein. He's screaming about some gentleman harassing him. Uh, oh, you're not going over there. Of course I am. Those little ones shouldn't have to see this. As Mr. Sandu approached the Klein household, he couldn't help but feel gaslit. It was quiet, and the front porch light shone onto an empty yard. Shaking his head, he courageously pushed open the front door and... Wow! Take whoa. one more step and I'll blow your guts out! Put the gun down now, Wesley Klein, and uh... His voice trailed off as he locked eyes with a quivering Eli. Come here, young man. Wes wrapped his arm around the ten-year-old's neck, bringing him closer. I'm the boy's father. I tell him what to do. So I see. Well, there isn't any drug lawyer waiting outside, so the coast is clear. Tuck that gun away and stop using your child as a shield. He should be in bed. Good night. It was now clear to everyone in the neighborhood that Wes was no better than Michelle. He wasn't afraid to put his children in harm's way to protect himself, and aside from using the Bible as a weapon against them, he too was physically and sexually abusing the children. I guess Michelle must have taught him that their dealers liked kids too, because on at least one occasion, Wes traded sexual favors with his children for drugs. Thank God. Neighbors were tired of turning a blind eye to this demented behavior, and some of them began training with the Department of Social Services so they could become foster parents and hopefully save the kids. Tammy Persons fostered Elijah from 1993 to 1994, and according to her, things ran smoothly for a while. So, maybe life could work out for Eli after all. Cookies. They're on the kitchen table, sweetie. Get them while they're hot. Yippee! Oh, Elijah, honey. Yeah, Tammy? Sweetheart, did you turn in your math homework today? No. Oh, Elijah, why not? I saw you do it last night and even checked it for you. Your math was nearly perfect. I'm sorry. Honey, I'm not mad, but if you don't turn in your homework, you won't get good grades, and you deserve those. No, I don't. I'm a fuck-up. Elijah? I don't like that language. Good thing you ain't my mother. And those cookies smell like shit. 
Mama? Tammy's daughter cautiously poked her head into the living room, a few stray cookie crumbs falling from her lips. Can we talk about Eli? Come sit next to me. Is everything okay with him? Has he hurt you? No, Mama, but he makes us a little... scared. Like the way he cusses and stuff. And he snuck out last night. (gasps) He what? After you told him he couldn't go to his friend's house, he climbed out his window and down the tree. I told him you said no, and he said if I told, he'd split my lip. I see. Go have another cookie, sweetheart. I'll talk to Elijah. And that was all Tammy needed. With her children scared and Elijah breaking the rules, she decided that fostering this boy was no longer an option. From Tammy's, Eli moved to Athens, Texas, so he could live with his biological father, Kenneth Chapman. Though it doesn't appear that Kenneth abused him like Wes and Michelle, it wasn't long before he too threw up his hands and said, I can't do this. Sorry, sport, but you can't stay with me. Good luck. Which sent Elijah back into the foster care system. Now, anyone who knows the American foster care system knows that this is also not a viable option for any child. Elijah moved back up to Kansas City, and by the time he was 18, he had managed to get a job and pick up his mother and stepfather's drinking habits. (laughs) Quickly approaching alcoholic status, Elijah found himself living on the streets. He had fallen into his family's vicious cycle of not having a roof over his head. There was one option, though. One day, Elijah told Desiree, Sis, I'm moving to South Dakota. You're what? Yep. Ain't got nothing left for me here. Got some friends from church over there, so I'm gonna go. I'll miss you. We'll follow Elijah after these messages. Welcome back to our show. Elijah. Elijah. Eli. With a jolt, Elijah shot back up in his prison bed. He blinked his eyes a few times, and a man came into focus. It was Mike Butler, his attorney. What do you want, Mike? You know precisely why I'm here, Elijah. Today's the big day. Are you sure you want to? Yes. But what if you- No, Mike. I'm tired of appealing. The judge ain't gonna change his mind. I'm guilty of murder, and I'm tired of living as a condemned man. But if we appeal, you can live many more years. Live? Who could live in this place? A view of the airport from my window is all I got about the outside world. No radio, no TV, nothing. Shoot me up. Let's go. Well, you can change your mind at any time. Remember that. And you won't be alone. Your sister and dad- Ken, right? Not Wes. Correct. Your biological father will be there, as will your mother. Oh, fuck no. I don't want that bitch there. She knows she ain't welcome. I know, I know, I know. Calm down, Eli. I'll talk to her and let her know you want nothing to do with her. (sighs) Well, if you're ready, I suppose we should get going. 
They need to prep you for surgery. <laughs> you know, Briley Piper's still making appeals for his death sentence. Yeah, well, that's Briley's business. I don't want nothing to do with that creep. Well, kid, this is where we part ways. You look scared. Here, let me wipe the sweat off your forehead. Thanks, Mike. You're sure you don't want me to call them and tell them that you've changed your mind? Nope. I'm ready. Come on, you. We gotta get you all prepped up for your visit to hell! No need for that kind of tone. It's fine, Mike. She's right. I'm a guilty fucker who's gonna burn. <sighs> Strap him to the table, fellas. Oh, and make sure he can wave bye-bye to his family. <laughs> They're right on the other side of that glass. Elijah gave a half-hearted thumbs up to Desiree as she cried in the viewing room. He then took a deep breath as the executioners prepared the deadly concoction of drugs. Prepare dose number one. <laughs> Wait! Oh, thank God you haven't done it. Everyone froze as the warden's crazy eyes circled the room. Desiree wiped away her tears, the executioner dropped the drugs, and Eli sat up as much as he could. I just got off the phone with Governor Rounds. We can't execute Mr. Page. What? Our laws are outdated. One week before Elijah's execution, Governor Mike Rounds sat with his reading glasses perched at the end of his nose. The cozy bed made him sleepy, but he had important documents in his hands. <sighs> Elijah Page's competency hearing transcript. Oh, and isn't this interesting? What, dear? His boy is set to be executed with three drugs. As he should for murder. Well, yes, but a state law says we can only use two drugs. Oh, who cares? Let them use three. I will not have the individuals responsible for carrying out this execution to be placed in a position to where they would be or could be in violation of a state statute in the carrying out of an execution. We could have people wondering for the rest of their lives if they did the right thing. <sighs> Let me call up Larry. He reached for the telephone and dialed the number of Larry Long, Attorney General. Hello? Larry, it's Mike. I have a legal conundrum on my hands which you need to look into. Mr. Long found that we're in violation and we need to postpone the execution. Are, are you fucking joking? Uh, I agree. Are you fucking joking? For how long? Uh, they didn't say. Long enough for them to review the laws at their next legislative session. Excuse me. If my brother's execution is postponed, may I speak with him? The warden shrugged. You can't see why not. Unstrap him, boys. Take him to the prisoner meeting rooms. Mm -hmm. 
after the dramatic turn of events, Elijah sat across from his sister. You should be jumping with joy right now. This is so awesome. I don't feel awesome, sis. Their ghosts haunt my dreams every single night. Don't ever kill anyone. It's not worth it. Well, I could have told you that, Eli. That's why you should have gone to counseling. I'm not blaming you for the pain you feel. Mom really fucked us up. That's why I'm here. Maybe now you can speak with a therapist. Mine helped me realize that none of this abuse was my fault. We didn't do anything wrong. Mom and her boyfriends did. Look, that, that's great for you, Des, but I still committed a very serious crime. There's stuff from our family's past that you don't know about. Stuff that I can't forget. I'm ready to go. So there's no way to change your mind? None. I hope you can understand. I can try. Can I still come and visit you? Of course, sis. I'll look forward to it. Awesome. I love you, Eli. Love you too. gentlemen of the jury. My name is Robert Van Norman. I, along with Michael Stonefield here, Hiya. will be representing Mr. Briley Piper. He is appealing his 2001 death sentence conviction. We believe he was given false information back then. I was. Silence, Mr. Piper. Uh, oh, right. Mr. Piper was told in 2001 that if he went on trial for the murder and the jury found him guilty, and while deciding his sentence, just one juror decided on the death penalty, then he would be put to death. <gasps> Now, you ladies and gentlemen seem like an intelligent bunch. After all, we selected you to be here. <laughs> you therefore know that should you find Briley guilty and during the sentencing deliberation, just one of you does not think death is appropriate, then he will be sentenced to life. Because of that poor, incorrect, phony advice Mr. Piper was given in 2001. He is now sitting on death row because he confessed and waived a right to a jury trial. Until today. Let me elaborate. In 2001, Briley Piper and Elijah Page rushed to confess to murder and waived their right to a jury trial, meaning it was solely up to the judge to decide their fate. He decided on the death penalty, which... Now, now, now. <laughs> Skylar Fastenal Jones, I was getting to that. Which is why Mr. Elijah Page is no longer with us. He ended his appeals, idiot, and was sentenced to death. 
The powers that be eventually said we could use three drugs and blah, blah, blah. Elijah was put to death on July 11th, 2007. The first one since we reinstated the death penalty, actually. Oh, and the youngest one in modern times, too. Now, that is a fate we do not want poor Mr. Piper here to face. And that will be up to you to decide, ladies and gentlemen. Robert took a slight bow as a few people clapped. The judge rolled his eyes. Thank you for that extensive and unnecessary recap, Mr. Van Norman. You are very welcome, Your Honor. Anything for the at-home audience to understand what became of Elijah after he walked away from his sister in that last scene. Well, you left out the fact he didn't give any final words on his deathbed. Didn't find it necessary, but thank you for letting them know, Your Honor. All right, enough of this nonsense. Mr. Van Norman, you will be calling Mr. Piper's mother to the stand today? Correct, Your Honor. Very good. Linda Piper, you will take the stand after a brief recess. Well, you heard the man. Let's take a little break from the stories of Briley Piper, Elijah Page, and Chester Pogue. A Cry for Help was written and narrated by me, Skylar Fastenow-Jones, and executive produced by Daniel Fastenow-Jones. Voice talent was provided by Jeremy Staple, Jeanette Zosh, Jordan Catcher, Crystal Mosley, Kayla Esmond, and Daniel Fastenow-Jones. Our theme music was written and performed by Tracy Zales, and cover artwork by Catherine Fastenow. Thank you for tuning in to another chapter of our show. If you liked what you heard, Be sure to leave us a five-star rating wherever you're listening. It helps others find our show and makes me not wake up in a cold sweat from nightmares. To be the ultimate fan, check out patreon.com slash ogdeadtime to get behind-the-scenes looks at some of the stories, merchandise, and a catalog of our episodes completely ad-free. You can also take a gander at our Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter accounts to keep up to date with our show. The links to all of these things are in the episode description. Thank you for supporting independent artists. Well, we'll be sticking around South Dakota a little while longer, it seems, since we still need to figure out who the hell this Briley Piper feller is. We'll find out in one week, but until then, stay safe out there. I don't want you to become the next chapter's topic on the original Dead Time Stories. This was a little bit fast and now production. <laughs>